an ironic media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. All right. In today's episode, I'm sitting down with Amanda Testa, and she is a love sex relationship coach. She has so much to share with us. She's got so much wisdom about why women need to connect with their inner feminine fire. She has a podcast. She's got courses. You can work privately with her. She is super awesome, and I can't wait for her to share all her knowledge about how to connect with your inner feminine fire. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to the Affiliate Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this podcast, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll get to witness healings as well as hear from my mentors, teachers, and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for the last 14 years. My connection with energy is so strong, and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. I'm here with Amanda Testa. She's a love, sex, and relationship coach. I'm so excited to sit with her and talk to her about her dark night, about why she started what she's doing, because... Apparently, she's a Southern Belle, <laughs> so I love that, and she's also going to talk to us about the neuroscience of sex and how to have more pleasure in your life, and I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit nervous to talk to her because she just really embodies her work, and uh, it's a little intimidating, I have to say, but I do love that you are helping women to really embody their sexual feminine nature much more so, and you know, there's so many women. What we, got, we got talking because she was saying that I help women who are burning the candle at both ends. I'm like, me too. She's like, well, this is how I do it. I'm like, that's so cool. So you all are in for it um, with uh, Amanda. I can't wait for you to hear what she has to say. It's really interesting. She also recently helped me with a breathing technique and I really enjoyed it. It was actually something that I started with almost 14 years ago and completely forgot that I was doing. So um, that was really cool to be remembered of that and to get that feeling again that I used to get when I uh, would do it. So Amanda, welcome. Tell us about your dark night, how, why you got started. You know, Why do you do what you do? Yeah. First of all, thank you so much, Amy, for having me. I'm so honored to be here. My story began when my daughter was just a baby. And I remember she was, I don't know, maybe almost a year old. And I remember at that time in my life feeling super overwhelmed. I went from being super type A, six-figure corporate person to staying home with her and realizing that, okay, now I'm going to put myself to be the number one best parent in the world, right? Doing all the things. And I just remember waking up in the morning feeling so resentful. And I will never forget this one snowy morning. I woke up just like many mornings during that time in my life, just so irritated at that first cry that I heard from my daughter, just like, oh, just a sense of dread creeping in. And I remember stumbling to the bathroom, tripping over toys on the way, thinking, oh, I'm the only one that ever does anything around here. When I got to the bathroom, I mean, I just remember looking at the mirror and having zero recollection with the woman looking back at me. Mm. And I just remember thinking, ah, this cannot be my life. 
And I couldn't understand what was going on because I didn't have postpartum. I, you know, everything was totally fine health wise. I was taking care of myself. I was working out. I was involved in the community. I was doing so many things and I just still felt so terrible inside and I didn't know what to do. So I just made a commitment to myself in that moment that I would follow the breadcrumbs. And one of those breadcrumbs happened to be working with my mentor, Layla Martin. And I never in a million years thought that I would be on this path, but I remember seeing something that she had shared and I was like, hmm, spicing things up in the bedroom probably couldn't hurt either. Everything else, everything else is kind of a mess right now. Let's just add that on in. <laughs> right? New baby, zero libido, just like don't touch me anyone. <laughs> and so after doing the work, I realized it, it had zero to do with spicing some things up in the bedroom. That was a lovely side effect. But what it really had to do was connecting deeply with myself Mm. and my sexuality and parts of myself I had never spent any time thinking about. And I just remember after doing the work, my life transformed. You know, I woke up with energy. I felt so much more confident in my body. You know, even though it was in no way in the best shape of my life, I just felt so good. Hmm. I still do. And just all these changes started happening. And I thought, why are women not taught these tools? Hmm. These are just holistic tools that any woman could implement. Why? And so I just decided that moment that I was going to learn all I could. And that's why I devoted my life to learning all I can and becoming certified in numerous modalities so I can help women not have to suffer the same way I did. When you get that wake up call and it changes your life, you're just like, I got to tell everybody. I love it. So, so again, go back to your mentor that you said. So did you have that mentor before you had the baby or no, no, it was after? Okay. Yeah, it was just after and it was random. I can't even remember exactly now how I even came upon her. It could have been a well, it was divine. video or who knows. <laughs> exactly. It was. It was meant to be. So what, a lot of the work that I did with her was involved working with a jade egg to connect with your sexual energy to rehab your pelvic floor and all these things. And I was, mm. I remember when I first signed up, I was mortified. I was like, Oh my God, if anyone finds out I'm doing this, I will die. <laughs> well, that was kind of me when I first came out, I was very nervous. And then also when I was doing all the healing work that I was doing, I felt like I was going to die if anybody found out. So <laughs> yeah, I hear you. But once you, once you make it through and you're like, Oh wow, that wasn't such a big deal. And you know, I feel much better and everybody should feel this way. It's, mm-hmm. it's a different journey. <laughs> totally. So uh, tell me, how do women reconnect with the woman in the mirror? Yeah. And I think that's the big key is now when I look at myself in the mirror, I totally love what I see. And I can know when I need to make adjustments, right? When, I, when I'm not living the way I need to, and I can, it's so much easier for me to attune to what I need and to be able to, number one, know what I need, right? That's such a huge thing for so many women is to connect to what they want, connect to their desires. So often we're taught just to serve everyone else. And especially as a mom, when mm-hmm. you are you know, caring for your kids or maybe caring for your family and taking care of your partner or all the things that we deal with, we often just let ourselves fall to the back burner and maybe think, oh, that's not that important or I'll deal with that one day. And then realizing like, well, that was 12 years ago. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yep. Uh, yeah. It's, it gets to be a point where you're just like, it's been too long since I took care of myself, you know? Yeah. Thankfully that was long ago for me. Cause I, now I'm very aware of the self-care mm-hmm. and if I, yeah. I do certain things, I'm like, Whoa, when was the last time you sat and meditated or took a walk or exercise or are you eating the right things? Those kinds of things. Yeah. And so it's that learning what you need and kind of attuning to what that is and then being able to either get it to yourself or ask for it. Cause that was another huge thing for me was being mm-hmm. able to ask for help. That was not in my vocabulary. Yeah, I hear you. 
I mean, I remember after my daughter was first born, you know, I had a lot of bleeding still. And I remember I was out of pads and I couldn't drive. And I really was like, oh, I should call someone to go. I'm sure any one of my friends would have been happy to go to the store, get me some pads and drop them off. Hmm. Right. But I was too mortified to ask anyone. So I remember just like shoving toilet paper in my underwear and going about my day. Wow. What a transformation to now. (laughs) Talking about on a podcast. I love it. That's that's awesome. But I mean, anyone who's a mother knows like this is something that happens. And I just remember that was such a huge turning point for me because in that moment I realized like, is this really going to have, you're going to just, this is how you're going to deal with things. Mm. This is no way you've got to be able to start asking for help. And so that was kind of part of that journey too, being able to ask for help and seek outside of myself for answers. Cause you know, we don't know everything. And there comes a time in life where we need to just reach out to an experienced guy to show us the way. Hmm. And, I, and I'm and i so glad I did that because it saved me years of pain. So back to your question about how do you reconnect? So I think that's the first thing is like tuning into your needs and what are your desires? And always, because often when we're shutting down our desires in one area, we're shutting them down in other areas too, you know, whether that's sexually or whatever it may be. So learning to tune into that, I think is the first step. And then the second step is learning how to get those needs met. Mm. And that can be a challenging thing because often that's when it comes in learning how to, you know, set healthy boundaries for yourself, speaking up for your needs, which is challenging. (laughs) But we're much happier when our needs are met, right? Like we, then we can even do more, right? Our cup becomes more full rather than trying to pull from an empty cup. Exactly. Because so often, I mean, I'm sure you can probably have memories of times where maybe you needed something, you didn't ask for it. And you're just hoping your telepathic powers would (laughs) move through to your partner or your person in your life that it's not. And you're like, they should be a mind reader. Don't they know I need this? I'm so irritated with them. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) My partner will literally say, I can't read your mind. (laughs) And I'll be like, right, that's right. You can't do that yet. So it's like asking, well, if you just had told me that was important to you, then I'm sure, you know, he would have helped, right? right? So that's a big part. And then also when it comes to leaning into what you need, I think a lot of it comes from never really learning that coming along. You know, I think for me, I grew up, like you said, I was a Southern belle. I was a debutante. I was raised in a Southern Baptist family. So it was very conservative. Mm. Definitely sex was something we did not talk about. I have a distinct memory of being in eighth grade and the Sunday school teacher is saying that if I held hands with a boy, I would go to hell. Whoa. And so there was all those things happening, thinking, oh, well, I, that must be really bad. If I'm thinking that, then it must Why be Why would really they bad. say that? I mean, you know, that's so extreme. Uh, there is a lot to overcome. Yeah. And no I, wonder <laughs> we're all screwed up <laughs> a little bit about sex. Right. And I mean, and thinking back to that time too, you know, I never really learned, you know, our sex ed coming along was not very in depth. Mostly it was very fear-based mm-hmm. and, you know, don't have sex or you'll get pregnant or get a disease. And it was never anything about pleasure or a woman's desires. That too leaves a mark. So, so many, I've talked to a lot of, you know, a lot of my clients have had experiences like this where they don't realize how that kind of conservative upbringing can show up later in your relationships because maybe you feel a lot of shame around sex or a lot of embarrassment or guilt, or, you know, you can't really verbalize what you want. And so you don't get what you want. So therefore you don't enjoy sex or it's painful. So of course you don't want to do it. Hmm. Right. Our body is going to not do something it doesn't want to do. Right. And when that's been happening for years and years, even with a loving partner, that can cause a big shutdown of your sexuality. So how do women get rid of that? How do they get rid of that trauma? So I think number one is relearning to even connect with your, with your sexual organs. 
I mean, that's one of the first things that we did a lot of when I started this work. I don't think I'd ever paid too much attention to my vulva or to any of my sexual organs, right? And in the Dallas philosophy, I love how that is where a lot of your life force energy is generated. Sure. So really learning to connect with those parts by number one, first naming them, you know, learning the proper anatomy, learning. I love the book Sherry Winston wrote called Women's Anatomy of Arousal, which is, I remember reading it in my thirties and being like, I'm a well-educated woman (laughs) with a college degree and post, you know, why there's stuff in here I never learned. (laughs) Right, right. And so just that number one, learning about your anatomy and then learning what you like, learning how to touch your own body, you know, learning what feels good. And there's techniques that you can use to kind of work with releasing any pent up tension, stress, trauma in those areas through a process called de-armoring, which is a whole nother. Do you say yarmoring? De-armoring. Oh, de-armoring. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if you think about any kind of massage you do, it's similar. It's like you're working with the body. You're feeling into where the blockages are, where the tension is, and spending time with that space and giving whatever's there an opportunity to release and heal. But I mean, I know for myself, that was something I'd never done, never been taught about, mm-hmm. right? So that was a big first beginning part of the journey is like really rediscovering my own body and learning to be okay with it. Right. You want to know what it's capable of, right? right? <laughs> and that too gives you such a sense of confidence when you know all your, bo- all your body is capable of. And when you can experience profound pleasure in different ways that you might not have ever accessed before, you're like, wow, my body is pretty amazing. Yeah. And it makes you love it more and feel more connected to yourself because for so many women, that's another thing we have not been taught our proper anatomy coming along. I mean, even on the, I don't know if you ever watched any of those goop specials. Oh, yes, I have. So there's the one episode with Betty Dodson who wrote Sex for One, who was a huge pioneer in women's sexual pleasure. But even Gwyneth Paltrow didn't really understand the difference between a vulva and a vagina. So it's just common things that we don't think about, but they do impact us greatly Hmm. because we don't think about them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. I, I mean, it, we we walk around, uh, you know, I remember when I was in college, my friend was like, oh, you can go and do these kinds of things to yourself. And I was like, what are you talking about? How did nobody tell me about this? And I was in college. I, I mean, I, I was surprised that I didn't know about it. She was surprised I didn't know about it. Right. So thankfully, I learned probably sooner than some, but it's interesting how it's just such a uh, closed book when it comes to learning about the body and it's so taboo, like for what reason? I mean, it's basically the reason why it is the reason why we're all here, right? Right. We're exactly connection and then babies come. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're all here because of that, because billions of of years of, of sex and your ancestors having sex in some fashion brought you here to this point today. Right. It'd be like if we didn't talk about food, (laughs) (laughs) all that thing that I I eat. (laughs) Something that's required to survive. Right. I mean, you really do need it to survive. So I have a question. So like, how do you go from the importance of sex to self-love? Like, what is the connection there? So I find that the connection is because when you are giving your body what it needs, and I believe holistically, these are all needs that we have. Sex is a need. You know, eating is a need, right? Water, shelter. But sex is one of our primary needs. And when we're not having that met in a way that's fulfilling, it shows up in other areas of our lives. We might not be aware of it, but it does. Maybe you are not feeling really fully confident in stepping up or putting yourself out there or being visible 
or speaking up about something that's important to you. You know, maybe you don't feel comfortable voicing your needs in the bedroom, so you don't voice them outside of the bedroom. Hmm. Or maybe because if that part is, if there's pain or numbness or disconnect, then you might not pay much attention to that area. But that is kind of a whole area of energy that you're not having access to. And that's a huge energy source. So for me, I look at the, that as the second chakra, the yeah. sacral chakra, mm-hmm. and in there is energy around money, around um, emotions, around creativity, yes. you know, the birth of like, let's say a book or a project would come from that area as well as a baby. So if that area is not doing well and not feeling creative or, or nourished, then you're going to be suffering in those areas for sure. Yes. And so I think cultivating, I like to call it sensual self-care practices. Because there, I like to think if you're busy and you have a lot going on, you don't need a lot more on your plate, right? And so the more simple you can make things and the more intentional you are around what you're already doing, that's what can bridge that connection between your sexuality and your self-love and everything. Because, you know, just taking those little time to add a little more intention to what you're doing is huge. So for example, one would be, you know, when you take a shower. So when you take a shower, are you actually just like rushing through taking a shower or are you consciously being loving to every part you touch? Hmm. Are you know, dropping in, really enjoying the senses, right? How good does the soap smell? How nice does the warm water feel? You know, how lovely is it that I have hot water? Or whatever the things you think, how you can drop into that experience even more and really honor your body while you do it can take just an ordinary everyday thing and up-level it. It makes us more present for sure when we do that. And we're all so not present. <laughs> Most of the time, you know, you have to really, in today's day and age, really consciously do it. Um, I love it. But the more that you do it, the more that you train your brain to be in the present moment. Exactly. And then taking it a step further, if you want to add even in sensual self-pleasure, you know, I think sacred self-pleasure practice is huge because to me, it mixes meditation and breath work and pleasure and honoring your body and loving yourself into one beautiful container. I love it. Right. And so it doesn't have to be, like I say, it doesn't have to be a long drawn out thing. Maybe it can be on occasion, but even if it's just taking a few minutes every day to connect to your body and make it feel good in some way. So when people are having sex, a lot of times there's like this, like, you know, want to be at the end of it. Right. So that would be taking them out of the present moment. So I'm guessing that you would say like, make sure that you're enjoying every single moment and, and second that you're in that so that the end result will come even better than you could ever imagine, right? Right. Yes. (laughs) See, I'm a sex coach. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) And I think sometimes, you know, it's often getting to the root of what's beneath there, which sometimes requires some deeper exploration and help. But at the end of the day, the goal would be to release the goal. Right. Go of expectation, finding ways to enjoy it. And then if you're rushing or don't want to be there or you want it to be over, it's like, what is it about it that you don't want to be present for? Mm, Yeah. There's all kinds of things that can come up there. Or maybe if you're busy and you see the laundry in the corner and you're like, all right, let's get this done so I can fold the clothes and get that thing off my mind. Mm. Right. (laughs) Sure. I mean, yeah, I've got to all this stuff to do for work and I can't drop in. 
So let's just get this over with, or, you know, I know this isn't going to be enjoyable for me. So might as well just get it over with whatever people are, whatever goes through your mind, all those things go through people's minds. Well, I think reframing it to be such a sacred time and connection and space then becomes like, why would laundry be more important than that? Right. Why would anything be more important than that connection? So I think that it would probably be better just to do the laundry and then come back and then be able to focus and be present. But the real root of the problem is like, why is it that (laughs) laundry is more important? You know, you want to work on the neural network that says that I'm not good enough, that I need to have the perfect home and all that. So you can let go. And and that's what really sex is about is really letting go. So you want to talk more about that? And the surrender. Right. So I like to think it's, you know, first there is some type of pleasure, some type of pleasurable experience in the body, right? And then there's an expansion of that pleasure. And then there's the surrender. And any one of those parts can be hard. So it's diving in for you. Like, which one do you feel like you are great at? Which one could you improve on? And finding out ways to do that. There are tools for each of those. So first there's uh, Pleasure. pleasure. Okay. Then there's expansion. And then surrender. Surrender. And probably people just have a lot of problems with the surrender. And would you say that surrender is linked to our sense of safety? Mm-hmm. So if you're having trouble orgasming, it would probably be about your lack of feeling safety or yeah. safe. Yep. That can be a huge part of it. And so a lot of the work that I do is helping women feel safe in their bodies, helping you feel safe with your partner. That sense of safety is key. Like you really have to build that foundation of love and safety and belonging, right? because that's where everything stems from. So if any one of those is not solid, it's much harder to get to that surrendered state. And if you surrender really, really well, is it really a lot better? (laughs) I'm just kidding. I don't know. I'm sure there's a connection. I think there's always different levels. And that's what I love about sexuality. And if it's something that you're interested in exploring deeper, there's so many more levels you can go. And I really love the sacredness that is involved with that sexuality. I view it as something that is a gift. It's a divine gift. And when you find someone to connect with and you're sharing this divine connection, there's such a potential for healing and growth. And we don't often look at sex as a container for those things, but it can be. You know, and just like in a relationship, if you want to grow and thrive, you have to be able to hold all the things that come up. Sometimes we can be really good about doing that in certain areas, but maybe not during sex because we think it's supposed to look a certain way, Hmm. but it can be such a container for really holding deep space for one another and just allowing whatever is there to fully complete or express or be coming back to connection and pleasure. And again, just like that process of reconnecting to what feels good. How can I expand that? How can I connect more deeply with my partner and really find divinity in the process. I like how you you just made it simply about the massage of like how when you have a massage, it releases tension. And, and for me, um, I know that energy is stuck in there and emotions. And when you release the muscle, you release that as well. So uh, I think that's a really cool analogy to keep in mind for, for having sex. If you're not enjoying it or you want to enjoy it more, or, you know, it's like, where are you holding back? Really paying attention and tuning in and um, making it almost like a meditation. Do they talk about it like that? Like when? Oh yeah, <laughs> I love I love it as like sex is meditation. Sex is like a because it can be. And yeah. you know, I also talk a lot about breath work, and I love incorporating the breath into it because oftentimes with breath work, what happens is you kind of shut down some of that cortical control that's telling you 
you got to do this or the laundry in the corner or whatever, you know, your work emails that need to be completed. It drops you more into your body and you get into more of a trance-like state so you can more easily access those primal instincts. And like you said earlier, you know, when you find these places, I'll just share this one tip right now. So maybe you are with your partner and you're having sex and all of a sudden you feel like something doesn't feel good or you're not enjoying some specific part of it. You can always just stop and slow down and then just kind of breathe into that area, you know, sound out whatever might be there, which kind of sounds weird because most people aren't used to doing things like that because oftentimes we think from what we've seen on TV or in porn, that's what sex is supposed to look like. But if you can stop, just like with a massage, right? If something feels painful, you can stop and breathe and be like, ah, like sound out whatever's there. It's another great way to remove the energy or whatever mm. is to release there. So you can always try that if like you're in a, so maybe it doesn't feel good or maybe you're like, okay, I'm just not connecting here. How can you just stop, take some deep breaths, like see if there's maybe something that wants to move and then reconnect and get back to what you're doing. Cool. I love it. It's like a form of self-healing. Mm-hmm in the most pleasurable way. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's interesting when I was learning about, because I I was pregnant, I was learning about how do you give birth? Like what makes it easier? And there is this huge connection between the mouth and the vagina opening. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. Can, do you want to, is there anything else you want to say about that? Like how that's possible or how that works? I don't really understand how it works. Yeah. Well, and it's true because the pelvic floor and the, the jaw are connected. And so And I love that you mentioned your birthing or like, you know, learning about having a baby because that's another area where that was a big turning point for me because I ended up having a natural water birth with my daughter and I'm grateful it all worked out that I could do that. But when I went into it, I was not the type of person who would have a natural childbirth. (laughs) And my husband is in holistic healthcare. And I remember him saying, oh, you should look into doing a natural childbirth. I was like, you do a natural childbirth. (laughs) I'm going up a girl all the way. I don't know about you but you have fun with that. <laughs> but at least it got me open-minded. And so I took hypnobabies and we did hypnobabies as our, um, the method that we used. And I think that was another step on this journey because it helped me to really drop into my body and like trust what I'm capable of, which is, was huge for me. And granted, everything worked out well and we were healthy and everything. Cause that, you know, obviously anything can happen with having a baby and gratefully everything was fine. But for me, it was this huge connection to this primal part of myself that I had never realized was even there. Right. Nothing drops you into your body more than a baby, you know, trying to give birth or (laughs) any of that awareness also makes you just feel so powerful as a human being. Yeah. That was a huge turning point for me. And that connection piece of your sexuality and giving birth, I never put the two and two together, you know, because like you say, the more you can open up and relax it does help relax your muscles in your pelvic floor as well. And you know, the vagus nerve connects everything. And so everything is connected, even though we don't realize it. Hmm. And that's why I often say, like, if you feel like you're super tight and stressed out, you know, relaxing your jaw, if you can breathe in and out of the mouth, sometimes that doesn't feel good, but if you can, that can help just relax and open up your pelvic floor too. So even just starting, if you feel like it's hard for you to shut off your brain, like creating a little transition that you can do, between being a busy mom or working all day to being, you know, in the mood, right? As you can just spend five minutes, just like relaxing your jaw, breathing, you know, just dropping in and that can really help. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for all those tips. Um, I had one quick question I wanted to ask you about with regards to the neuroscience. Mm -hmm. So can you explain to us a little bit more about that? 
Yeah. Like you mentioned earlier, it's oftentimes we have to work with our systems to rewire pleasure, to rewire safety. And I find that when you can do that, when you're in a trance-like state, your primal brain is more likely to listen. So you can do that through breath work. You can do that through many different ways. But when you are in this state of sexual turn-on, it opens up these different pathways. So that's why I often like to use self-pleasure as a tool because you can be turned on and then you can start telling your brain different things. And it's in a different space of maybe believing those messages that you're telling it. Because you can say all day, sexy and beautiful, but if there's a part of you that's like, oh, you're, full of, you're full of it, I don't believe that, <laughs> right? You're just going to be shooting yourself in the foot. But maybe when you are in this deeper state, and then you can connect into your body and actually have that experience of feeling good, being like, I can feel good. I can have pleasure. So I can be safe in having pleasure. In this moment right now, I am safe. Mm. You know, like creating the safe environment, having pleasure in that safe environment, and then letting your brain know it's safe. Like in this moment, I am having pleasure. I am safe. And then the more you do that, it's like, oh, yeah, you are. Because today is, you know, whatever the day is. It's keeping you in the present. So while maybe there was a time in your life it wasn't safe, in this moment it is. So you can rewire that safety deep into your system. Right. I just like kind of stamp it in there and just say like, I'm with this person uh, by choice and I'm participating in this by choice and this is sacred and I'm safe and my needs are being met emotionally, physically, spiritually, you know, if you got the right partner. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's, that's all great information. Thank you. So there's more of you on your podcast and I love it. I was looking at all the different topics and I've listened to a few of them and you are awesome. First of all, I love your humor around all of this, but I also love that you're so passionate about it. It's so important that women understand that they are beautiful and that there is so much power in owning your femininity and sexuality and beauty. And so you you have a podcast that's called Find Your Feminine Fire. (laughs) And I love that title because it really is. It looks like a roadmap, you know, when you start looking at the people that you interview and what you're talking about. So I really appreciate you being out there sharing this uh, with women. And I'm sure men are picking up plenty from what you offer as well, because it's a two-way street and not not everybody is in a sex or a... (laughs) I should say not everybody's in a heterosexual relationship, but you know, it certainly is uh, helpful for men to also understand if they are in a heterosexual relationship, that this is important information. There are women out there that are stressed out, burning the candle at both ends, thinking that they're not good enough. I mean, women specifically really suffer from all those thoughts around not being good enough and not being pretty enough or thin enough or sexy enough or blonde enough or dark enough or whatever, (laughs) you know, it's all in there. And, um, and we, part of getting rid of some of that chatter is around the neuroscience, but also, you know, just becoming aware of how you talk to yourself Mm -hmm. and how that could be limiting how you enjoy life or sex, you know? So I love that you have that out there for everybody. You know, one of the reasons I feel like sex and self-love are so connected is because when we can love the part of us that has been most shamed or most vilified by society, then how can you not love your whole self, right? Because loving our our feminine parts, it's a huge, huge F you to the patriarchy, you know? Well, you know, if there's trauma in there, how can you, you know, really feel comfortable? Um, so it's it's important to really release that shame, that trauma, and reclaim the present moment when you're with somebody and 
and enjoy what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. Because you don't want that trauma coming in and ruining the rest of your life with pleasure. You know, I love that you help people to heal that space as well. Can you also tell us how else people can work with you? Sure. So I appreciate you having me. And I just want to say too, I like to try to make this as accessible and easy and non-threatening as possible (laughs) because I think that's the key. It doesn't have to be scary. You never have to do anything that you don't feel like you want to do. It's like really taking it at your own pace. And so I have kind of an introductory level course that's 21 days of sensual self-care to just give you some basic tools, like five, 10 minutes max each practice where you can just try them on and see how it feels to drop in, to treat your body with like sacred loving kindness and just notice how things shift. Also work with couples one-on-one and women one-on-one. So you can reach me at my website, amandatessa.com. Or like you said, I have my podcast, the Find Your Feminine Fire podcast. I have a group on Facebook, the Find Your Feminine Fire group. And all of these revolve around this topic and really helping women to connect to their feminine fire. Because I truly believe when all of us are connected to that, you know, we have that beautiful flow of life force energy and power and confidence and, you know, all the good things we want. All right. I love it. (laughs) Thank you for being on and for sharing your gift and your passion. Thank you so much again for having me. All content provided by Amy Stark and her guests on the Ophelia Podcast website or other platforms, including text, images, audio, or other formats, were created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist. 